see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Today, we take a look at the future with renowned futurist Daniel Burris as he discusses change versus transformation, among other topics that will dictate the business landscape going forward. The BlackBerry, for example, brought change, but the iPhone and the advent of the true smartphone technology initiated a true transformation. It's a fascinating listen with someone who researches where we will be versus where we currently are, and his input is truly helpful when planning business for the next three, five, even ten years. Let's have a listen. So with all the fancy introductions out of the way, we'd like to welcome to the podcast, Daniel Burris. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, thank you so much. One thing that you spoke about, which I found very interesting, was kind of, and maybe you can expand on it a little clearer than I will, is sort of the difference, or they're kind of similar but different, um, that being change and transformation. I guess you were explaining how change kind of is something that you have to do from the outside in, which is why people are resistant to it versus transformation, which is something that you sort of set in motion. Is that something you could expand on a bit? Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, anytime uh, change occurs, it tends to come from the outside in to either your company, your organization, or to you personally, or to your team. It's something that happens, and then you need to respond to it. Transformation, whether it is a personal transformation or a business transformation, always comes from the inside out. So that kind of helps you to even know whether you're talking about a transformation or a change. And I like that idea of transformation uh, coming from the inside out because it gives you control in shaping your future rather than uh, just reacting to the things and the forces of change that are around us. The second element of change versus transformation is looking at uh, if it is change, it's similar to what you've done in the past. It's just got a different twist to it. If it's transformation, it is very different. Let me give you an example. Um, The BlackBerry uh, from Research in Motion, that changed how we did our email because we could now do it on a mobile device that was also our phone. That was a really welcome change. However, when the first iPhone was introduced and we had the first smartphones, that wasn't a change. That was a transformation because it brought GPS, it brought video, it brought audio, it brought photography. In other words, it was far more than just doing email. It was a transformative device. Uh, GPS was transformative. We used to use paper maps. All of a sudden now, hey, we know where we are at any point in time, anywhere we are. And that was transformative. So what we want to do is is look at 
are our products and services, the new things that we're doing, are they really just a tweak, a little slight addition, or have we done something, added an element to it that has transformed that process, that product or service? And I know that one thing you spoke of that I, I was going to save for a little bit later, but I might as well jump into it now because I'm very curious to pick your brain on it, um, that you said will be as revolutionary, I guess, as the iPhone is, you know, chat GPT and all of this advancements in AI. And I know a lot of people are terrified of it um, from an aspect of it's going to take my job. I write a lot for a living. So for me, it 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 absolutely is something that is worrisome to me because, you know, you can just type it in and it will write for you. Um, could you expand a little bit on that, on how it's not necessarily a bad thing? Yeah, well, first of all, technology, no matter what it is, is not bad or good, is not evil or good. Right. Uh, the same technology that can cure your cancer can actually give you cancer, for example. It really depends on the tool. As a matter of fact, I know people that can pick up a smartphone, make a phone call to a customer and make a million dollars. I know people that can pick up a smartphone, make a call to a customer and lose a million dollars. The difference isn't the phone. In mm -hmm. other words, it's what you're doing on it, how we decide to employ it, imply it and, and use it as we apply it. So in, uh, when asked in, a, in an interview not long ago, will GDP and AI, will that take over the jobs of humans? And I said that or humans using AI will replace humans not using AI. In other words, it's going to be our friend. And you mentioned your writing. What, mm -hmm. what it does is it can very quickly get you 80% there fast, but not 100%. Uh, and uh, if it's drawing from the Internet, which means there's good data, bad data, and incomplete data. And as a matter of fact, it's trained to write really well, as you know. Uh, so if it doesn't know an answer, it will write a really good answer it makes up. So, and it'll, and by the way, it'll sound really good. So part of that extra 20% is checking your sources, making sure that you maintain the credibility with who you're writing for. And, uh, and then secondly, it's a machine. It doesn't know your audience fully. So that's where you add you and each one of us, including you, we have our own style, our own mindset, our own insights. So that's part of how you tweak it. And remember, ChatGDP is more than just text-to-text, -text, meaning I type in something, it gives me an answer. ChatGDP can do text-to-video. I can type in something and say, make a video of it, and it'll do that. It can do an audio recording. It can do an uh, image, make an image for me. It'll do that. Uh, it can write code. I know people that are software designers and they were working on creating some code for some new software and ChatGDP finished the code correctly, very quickly. Um, it can write a contract very quickly and actually do it quite accurately. There is chat PDF. So if you have a long PDF, it can summarize it for you very quickly. So there are many things that it can do. So coming down to your initial question is uh, what we've had with AI is an evolution of AI over many decades, and it's been growing at an exponential rate. However, when OpenAI introduced ChatGDP it, towards the end of last year, uh, 
Um, there were, it took two months to get 100 million users. Fastest growing software in history is sparking an AI war. What I mean by that is when chat did that, uh, what happened is we ended up with Google search, which is a trillion dollar business being threatened. We ended up with, uh, because it's becoming less relevant, we ended up with all of these uh, companies like Amazon and uh, Facebook and others that have big AI systems now realizing, hey, you know what, we've just made le- been made less relevant. So now they're starting to put out their versions and implement it further. As a matter of fact, there's chat API where you can connect the chat AI system to your database and do it for customer service and all kinds of things. So it is indeed a, I call it an evolutionary revolution. It's been in an evolutionary phase up till now, and now it's just uh, now in a revolutionary area. Interesting. Now, I might, I hope I'm correct in saying this, but would that be, because another one thing that you spoke to in your uh, presentation was having an anticipatory mindset. And you kind of spoke to why that is so important and you sort of walked people through it. And that, and would that be something we could use AI as an example, um, sort of anticipating how you can benefit from it versus being afraid of it? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, first of all, just to talk about the concept of being anticipatory, uh, there's two ways of dealing with uh, rapid change that's taking place, which, by the way, is not going away. And one of them is being agile. And agility is a reactionary strategy. It comes from sports. And that is to react as quickly as you can to a disruption after it disrupts. To react as quickly as you can to a problem after it occurs. The more agile you are, the faster you react, the better. However, because change is accelerating so fast, and we've got like this chat GDP and and generative AI creating this revolution again, this huge once-in-a-decade type revolution, just being reactionary is not good enough. So the other thing that I was teaching them is how to be anticipatory, how to anticipate problems before you have them so that you can pre-solve them and move forward faster, how to anticipate disruptions before they disrupt. So disruption becomes a choice. You can now either be the disruptor or the disrupted, but there will not be an in-between. And very briefly, let me just share that you can do that by using the methodology I've created, which is every trend fits into one of two categories. It's Mm -hmm. either a hard trend based on a future fact that will happen, which means it cannot be stopped. Quick example, we went from 3G wireless to 4G wireless to 5G wireless. Is that it? No. Next will be 6G followed by 7. And we're putting in uh, more data in the cloud. Well, is the cloud getting full? No, not at all. And in generative AI and AI, is it just going to go away? Or will it continue to advance at beyond exponential rates? And the answer is it will continue to advance, which means ignoring it is at our peril. Instead, what we want to do is use it to our advantage. Or the other type of trend is a soft trend. That's based on an assumption that may or may not be true. It may or may not happen. Both have value, I taught the audience. Hard trend and soft trend by itself does not have the power yet. You need to attach an opportunity to it to burst it into life. So once you identify a hard trend, 
then what is the opportunity for you? Because you know it's based on a certainty that will happen. If it's a soft trend, meaning it could be changed, what is the opportunity for you to change it to your advantage? So two things that are key that I'm teaching in this podcast, as well as to the audience, all trends are either hard trends or soft trends. And a trend by itself has no value until you attach an opportunity to it. Then it bursts into actionable life. Okay, well, then we've we touched on AI um, a good bit. But as a futurist who, who can speak to some of these things, I know you said you only like to speak um, out to about three years or so, three to five. Could you give us a couple in addition to the AI that would be either soft or hard trends that we can expect in the next three years? I think what you're going to see is in the next three years, we're not going to just change, but we have the ability to truly transform every business process, how we sell, how we market, how we communicate, how we educate, um, how we uh, you pick, a, how we sell, how we market. And so actually the tools, a lot of it is coming from generative AI and some of the other AI tools, but there are other tools like 3D printing and many others that can allow us to do things that were impossible before that will allow us to transform all of, all of our processes. So if I look at hard trends and soft trends, the hard trend is all business processes, products and services have the ability to be transformed now and will be over a three, four year time period. The soft trend, will your company transform your processes? And the answer to that is, I don't know. That's why it's soft. You may ignore it at your peril. You might keep doing what you've always done, thinking that always worked, but it won't work going forward. I would like us to embrace the transformational changes that are taking place, to go back and make a list of the things we are certain about. What are those hard trends that are technology-driven? What are those hard trends that demographics is bringing us? Because we know that baby boomers are not going to get chronologically younger, for example. There's a lot that we can predict accurately and a lot of problems we could pre-solve or let play out. Um, there's even regulations you can predict. For example, will we have more regulations in cybersecurity? The answer is yes, that's a hard trend. Uh, so uh, I may not be able to predict all of regulations going forward. Of course not. I can't predict everything, no, but a list of things that I do know that I am certain about is very powerful because strategy based on certainty has low risk. Strategy based on uncertainty has high risk. So I want to have a list of those hard trends, those things I'm certain about to work off of and the related opportunities. So if we look at technology, and by the way, your listeners could go to burrus.com, B-U-R-R-U-S.com. On the front page, you can download my list of the 25 technology hard trends that are shaping the future. It's free. doesn't cost you anything. I suggest you do that because you can see there's far more than just AI that's shaping our future. And uh, there you go. I'm giving you a big list that you can get for free. That's fantastic. And I, and I, you actually touched on one that you didn't reference that you, I guess, uh, were on top of involving a video um, during your presentation. I guess that, that you had spoken about Blockbuster and the advent of streaming back before it happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've uh, again, got a, a big list. As a matter of fact, I gave a speech to the American Booksellers Association 
1993, 10,000 people in the audience that sell books. And I said, within two years, you'll see the first virtual bookstore. And if you listen to the audio tape of that speech, uh, you will hear me describe what Amazon.com uh, ended up becoming. And they did start two years after that. So again, instead of me just saying, boy, I'm really good at this, I'm saying that uh, there is a methodology that you can learn to do this with. And again, I've uh, written thousands of blogs at Burris.com. You could go there. You could go to Amazon and uh, find my books, uh, Flash Foresight, or my latest one, The Anticipatory Organization. And uh, if you want to learn more, you could go there and, and find out far more. That's terrific, Daniel. We really appreciate you taking some extra time to to come on here with us. And maybe after we uh, we close out, I'll ask you for um, some winning lottery numbers or something like that that might help me in the in the short term. Well, you know, you have to leave out the parts you can be wrong about. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. You got it. Thank you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that. Go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.